Hey, good morning and welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. I'm Matt and we are finally live. I've been just buried this morning trying to get some uh, stuff knocked out. So it's 9.51 Central Time and here's what we're talking about. Have you ever had trouble trusting God? Regardless of the promises that God has made, uh, have you ever just hit some times where you've struggled to trust him to bring you out of the situation you're in? Well, if so, you're in good company. You're not alone, my friend. And that's what we're going to dig into today. So let's get started. All right. I am so, so, so excited to, uh, to be rocking and rolling with you this morning on Bible Study Live. And today we're going to take a peek at some scripture because, you know, it's tough sometimes to trust God in the hard situations, isn't it? Like, it's not that God isn't trustworthy. It's that sometimes our situations are so frustrating that we just have a hard time giving all of our trust to God. And um, today what I want to do is just, I want to show you from the scriptures that you are not alone in feeling that way. Uh, is it bad that I like a Michael Jackson song just pop in my head? You are not alone. Anyways, you're not alone in, in, having some struggles when it comes to saying, all right, God, you know what? I trust you to get me out of this. I trust you to make the situation better. And so today we're going to take a look at, uh, we're going to take a look at John the Baptist's dad, and we're going to look at his situation and an encounter he had with an angel. And, uh, and we're going to go from there. So, uh, now as always, here's the deal. Um, this is about creating conversation without condemnation. I'm not always going to get it right. I'm wrestling through this stuff and studying it live, and my hope is that this will cause you to also wrestle with the scriptures and study them for yourselves. Uh, today, I'm going to be reading from the message uh, translation, and we're going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, and then verses 57 through 66. Uh, I like the way the message reads, and so we're going to read through that together. So here, uh, here we go. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, says, During the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned to service, assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. This is John the Baptist's dad. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive, and now they were quite old. Stop. I just want to point out something really quickly here. It says, together they lived honorably before God. Sometimes we, we tend to think if things aren't going our way, it must be a result of sin in our life or something that we've done wrong. And that isn't always the case. This just shows that, hey, they lived honorably before God. They were careful in keeping the ways and commandments. But they'd never had a kid, and they were old, right? So... Her, her not being able to bear a child wasn't because they were doing something wrong. Uh, it was just part of life and part of the world that they live in. Okay, now verse 8. It so, happens, <clears throat> it so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came, to this, his, <clears throat> it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. That's crazy. It's so exciting. <laughs> This is that like moment for him, right? Where he got to do this. this is pretty awesome. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, 
an angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. Zachariah was paralyzed in fear. I'm going to pause there for a second, too. We often think of angels as like little cherubs, right? These little chunky babies with wings, stuff like that. But oftentimes when we see in the scriptures an angel appearing, people are scared to pieces, right? It's like, whoa, they were scared to death. So just understand that um, (laughs) an angel appearing is a big deal. And this was a frightening one to Zechariah, right? So it's kind of exciting stuff. So here we are. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear, but the angel reassured him, don't fear, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son. You're to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. Not only you, many will delight in his birth and he'll achieve great stature with God. Pause for a second. So I want to touch on something because like it says, your prayer has been answered. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth were very old. So do you think like today was the only day he's prayed like, God, please give us a child. By now, as we're about to learn by now, he's probably given up hope of children. And what stands out to me as I wrestle with this scripture today is that God doesn't always answer our prayers in our timing. Let me say that again. God doesn't always answer our prayers in our timing. Sometimes we've prayed for something years ago, but God knew that if he, if he answered the way we wanted then, it may not set us up properly for the life to come. Sometimes God delays answering a prayer the way that we want it. Sometimes God doesn't answer it the way we want it all. But I thought it was so great as we read this, this angel says to Zechariah, <laughs> look at these words. It says, don't, he says, don't fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you. You are to name him John. You're going to leave like joy. So your prayer has been heard. Now, verse 15, it says, he'll drink neither wine nor beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. He will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah, soften hearts of parents to children, and kindle a devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people ready for God. So here's this amazing promise from this angel. Your son is going to do these things. But how did Zechariah respond? He says to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. Hold on a minute. He is in here. The one chance in his life to go do the burning of the incense at the altar and the temple. And in this once in a lifetime moment, an angel appears to him. An angel. It says he's horrified, right? So here's Zechariah having this supernatural God moment. An angel appears to him, freaks him out. And the angel says, your prayer's been answered. And what is his response? You expect me to believe this? We're old. Like he had prayed for for a son, obviously, because this angel said, your prayer's been answered. The angel, it, it wasn't like with Mary where an angel appeared and said, hey, guess what? You're with child. Like she wasn't praying and asking to be a child. But Elizabeth, Zechariah, like Zechariah had prayed to be able to, to have a son with Elizabeth. And an angel showed up and said, your prayer's been answered. And his response is, you really expect me to believe it? Now, I pause on this because how many times 
have you prayed and you've gone into prayer and we've we've believed God could do what we're asking him to do. God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to get us out of this mess. God, we need your provision. God, we need your blessing. God, my child is sick. I need you to bring healing. And then after praying a prayer, how many times have we second-guessed God and said, why would God answer that prayer? I'm, I'm old, or I've made too many mistakes, or I've already blown it. Have you ever been in that situation where you've prayed and then like no sooner did you pray a prayer that you went to God because you know he is God. God is capable of anything and everything. But how many times have we gone to him in prayer and then no sooner have we finished praying that we've started looking for reasons that God wouldn't come through for us. And, and that's what happened here with Zachariah. He was human. And he said, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife's an old but the angel said, verse 19, but the angel said, I'm Gabriel, the sentinel of God, sent especially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. Meanwhile, I just, I wish I had like that, you know, Batman narrator voice. Meanwhile, the congregation waiting for Zechariah was getting restless, wondering what was keeping him so long in the sanctuary. When he came out and couldn't speak, they knew he had seen a vision. He continued speechless and had to use sign language with the people. When the course of his priestly assignment was complete, he went back home. It wasn't long before Elizabeth, before his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition. Now, we're going to jump ahead to verse 57, but I just want to touch on this for a minute. So here's the situation we came in late. Zechariah, once in a lifetime chance, he gets to burn incense at the altar. While he's doing it, Shazam, an angel shows up and says, hey, guess what? Your prayer's been answered. You guys are going to have a baby. Uh, Zachariah, who's it, 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 like it says, he's he and Elizabeth have lived God like a godly life. You know, they've they've followed God, so obviously they made good choices in their life. They've loved on God, and this angel goes, "Boom! Your prayer's been answered, buddy." And he, all of a sudden, it's like he forgets all the things he believes about God. And Zechariah's like, "Come on, man! I'm old. We're old. How do you expect me to believe this?" And Gabriel goes, "Uh, because I'm Gabriel, messenger of God, sent here specifically to tell you this." And he goes, but because of your unbelief, you can't talk. Until the day your son is born, you can't say a word. Which now, think about what that means. Here, out comes Zechariah. You know, people are like, oh, what was it like? What was the experience like? He can't tell. Well, I saw an angel. Man, this angel told me I'm going to have a kid. Like, he couldn't say anything. He had to communicate with, like, making gestures. Like, he didn't have American Sign Language ASL. Like, it says sign language the way the message translates that. I think the other scriptures talk about, like, he had to write everything down to communicate. Because the guy, he couldn't, he couldn't talk. Everything Gabriel said was going to come true, including the fact that he couldn't speak a word until JTB, John the Baptist, was born. Now, fast forward here, Luke chapter 1, or in verse 57. Now what happens when John is born? So we see this faithful person go to God in prayer, but then have struggled believing their prayers were going to be answered. When their prayer, when they're told by an angel, your prayer is going to be answered, he's like, I don't how can I believe that? Like, it's been this long, how can I believe it? And here we go. Now, 
this prayer comes to fruition. Verse 57. Now, the time came for Elizabeth to have her baby. And she gave birth to a son. Oh, this is the NET. Sorry, the New English translation. I'm going to switch over to the message uh, just to keep it consistent with what we're reading. <clears throat> when Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives, seeing that God overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and were calling him Zachariah after his father. But his mother intervened. No, he is to be called John. But they said, no one in your family is named that. They used sign language to ask Zechariah what he wanted him named. That's kind of a weird thing, the way the message translated that, because he could hear, he just couldn't speak. So that's an interesting way. Uh, verse 63, it says, asking for a tablet, Zechariah wrote, his name is to be John. Now, <laughs> pause here for a sec. Think maybe Zechariah learned something about questioning what God tells him, right? The angel told him, you're going to name him John. You think by now, Zechariah is finally realizing like, you know what? Whatever God says, that's the truth. That's solid. I'm not going to question that. Because what happened last time? Well, he got mute for the entire term of a pregnancy. So he says his name should be, his name is to be John. That took everyone by surprise. Surprise followed surprise. Zachariah's mouth was now open, his tongue loose. He was talking, praising God. Yes, this is awesome. A deep reverential fear settled over the neighborhood and in all that Judean hill country. People talked about nothing else. Everyone who heard about it took it to heart, wondering what will become of this child. God, clearly God has his hand in this. All right, phew, there's a whole lot to digest there, but here's the reality. Sometimes we will look at God's word today, 2022, and we'll say, man, this book's thousands of years old. You know, sometimes we'll write off some of the things in there, and I know I've done it before, where I look and I, like, here's reality. Some, some of the scriptures are written two specific people for their specific time and their moment, right? Like what I, I, I heard somebody, <clears throat> the guys in the Bible project said this, and I, and I think it's very valid. They said, one of the most selfish things we can do is think that the Bible was written for us. Like when people say Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, or the Bible's an instruction manual for your life. That statement says the Bible was written for me. It's all about me. And that's a selfish human thing that we do. Uh, as Christians, I don't think we do that intentionally, but that's really what we're doing. We go, well, there, there's something in here for me. Everything's for me. It's for me. It's for me. No, it's not. But it is something for me to learn from. The promises that God makes, there are promises to a specific people at a specific time, and then there are promises for all God's people, all God's children. So there are things in the Bible that are for me and you specifically, right? Because we're followers of Jesus. There are things in the Bible that are promises to God's people in generality, all of humanity, that are for everyone to understand. Promises of good and bad if we follow or we don't. Promises of things, blessings we'll miss out on if we're not following him. And promises uh, of, of, of salvation based on what Jesus did when he went to the cross for us, right? So there are things in the Bible for us, and there are things for us to learn from that weren't to us specifically. But in this story, I think there's something to learn from, and I think there's a very powerful message for us. A couple of them. 
First one is this. If you've ever felt like God wasn't answering your prayers because, you know, there's some sin thing that is in the way, you know, if you've ever felt like, man, I know why God didn't come through for me because it's because of the sin in my life. That might be it, but it's not necessarily always it because we read from this encounter that it said Zechariah, okay, Zechariah says together he and Elizabeth lived honorably before God. So they lived a life of honor, yet their prayer for a child wasn't answered in the time frame that they would have expected it to be answered when their bodies would naturally normally birth a child. So sometimes we might be in the thick of it, in a mess, and we're crying out, we're like, God, I need you to answer this prayer. And then God doesn't answer it in our timing, and we're like, what did I do, God? What did I do that you won't hear me? What did I do that you won't answer my prayer? What did I do that you won't come through? And sometimes it's not that you did something. Sometimes God's not answering it then because the world's not ready for what's going to come by answering your prayer that way. In this case, John the Baptist's birth needed to be really close to Jesus because he was there was a prophecy. He was going to make the way. He was going to come and set the stage for the arrival of Jesus. But there's no way Zachariah and Elizabeth could have known that. So, of course, here they are. They live a godly life, right? And uh, honorable life before God. And then they don't have a baby. But on this special day, the angel shows up and says, hey, your prayer's been answered. Zachariah, if he wouldn't have said, uh, your prayer's been answered, Elizabeth's going to have a baby, Zachariah might have been like, what prayer? Which prayer? Are you just saying it's been answered that I finally get my turn to burn the incense? Like what? But the angel clearly says you're going to have a baby. And Zechariah, listen, you can't fault the guy for it. His immediate gut response was, how am I supposed to believe that? We're, we're old, man. We're old. How could I? So this, the first lesson that we learn from this is this. God doesn't always answer our prayers and our timing. I guess the first lesson is God not answering your prayer and your timing isn't always because of some sin in your life. It's, it's truly because God knows what's best for you and I, and he knows the right place, the right time to answer the prayers that need to be answered. So that's life lesson number one. Number two is this. Don't ever count God out. Don't think he doesn't hear your prayers. If God's going to answer a prayer, he's always going to do it in the right timing, not only for, for his glory, but for your benefit. God will always, when he brings an answer to prayer for us, if he's doing it at a specific time, it's because that's the best time for God to answer that prayer. In this case, it happened to be that best time was because John needed to be born at a certain time to set the stage for Jesus' arrival, okay? But the other life lesson that we can learn from this is there are consequences that come from shunning God, from discounting God. There are earthly consequences. When we... When we don't believe God's word to be true, we live in a certain way that is apart from God. In this moment, Zechariah said, how am I supposed to believe that? I'm an old guy. And what consequence befell him? I don't even speak like that. I don't use the word befell. What consequence happened? What, what crappy thing happened? Zechariah said to the angel, why would I believe this? I'm an old guy. And the angel said, because God sent me to you. Basically, the angel said, because God's word is true. Because God said this is going to happen. 
And because you don't believe God's word, until this baby's born, you can't speak the word. Because Zechariah didn't believe God's word, Zechariah didn't have words to give. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, Zechariah didn't believe God's word, so the angel took away Zechariah's ability to speak the word. Now, for us, when we turn away from God, there are consequences on earth too. Uh, sometimes Christians are like, oh, when you turn away from God, the consequence is hell. Do you realize that the consequence isn't always to get set on fire for eternity? The scriptures say, Paul clearly says, when we could do nothing, when we were helpless, when we could do nothing about it, God sent Jesus to die for us. Okay? Uh, it seems to me, based on, our, uh, <laughs> based on the scriptures, that we have some disagreements in Christian theology in some areas. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and here's the deal. Jesus went to the cross to rescue humanity from hell because we couldn't do it ourselves. But that didn't buy us a ticket to heaven, right? Following Jesus is the only way we can know the way to eternity in heaven, right? Uh, we see the scriptures talking about, you know, getting there and, and as, you know, there's this example. These guys going, didn't we cast out demons in your name and heal in your name? And Jesus said, depart from me. I didn't know you. That doesn't mean, he didn't say, depart from me. Go sit on fire forever. That means... They were alive in the age to come, but they weren't allowed inside with Jesus in what maybe we would call the Holy of Holies, right? Uh, so this today isn't about that, but I think one of the dangerous things that I always wrestle with that I think I struggle with in our Christian theology is that we think uh, every consequence means eternal hellfire. And we forget that we're living a life here in this life there are consequences for not believing God. Sometimes that consequence for not believing God is not seeing the fulfillment of a prayer and a promise. Now, please don't hear me wrong here because, boy, it frustrates the heck out of me. I was part of a great men's group back in Washington, but I, one night um, we were having a conversation uh, about faith and belief and God's miraculous powers. I've seen a friend of mine be healed from stage four cancer after being prayed over. After the doctor said, no more chemo, no more radiation, you're dead, month to six months. Uh, and we prayed over him for healing. And 30 days later, he was in full remission. There's no logical science for that. That was a miracle. Still gets me choked up. But the danger is thinking that we because of our prayer, can make God do something. Because I know very faithful people who have prayed for their, their loved ones, their children, their family members for healing, and for whatever reason, God didn't answer their prayer the way that they did for us with my friend that day. And that could be really discouraging. So I share that with you because I had, um, at this men's group I was part of, I remember one of the guys saying, well, if people believe, you know, it says, if you believe, be healed and so and it says lay hands on people and pray and then they'll be healed so if people aren't getting healed it's just because they don't believe and i'm like whoa don't you dare do that right so the other challenge though that we can fall into with this is that if god doesn't answer the way we want when we want um we could stop believing in god's ability to do it but think of it this way let me bring it to normal human terms if you're a parent 
and your child says, hey, um, can you take me to Disneyland? And you've got the money in the bank, right? You have the ability to take them to Disneyland right now. But you may say, well, we're not going to go this weekend, champ. This weekend isn't a Disneyland trip. Uh, but I'll let you know when the time's right. Now, your ability to take them to Disneyland didn't go away just because you didn't answer the way that your child wanted right now. You just didn't give them the answer they wanted at the time. And maybe the reason you didn't is because you know, hey, my kid's seven. They're not tall enough to ride the rides. So I'm going to wait until they can actually enjoy the fullness and the experience of, of what happens when I take them to Disneyland. Right. So you're delaying that answer because you want to wait. And but but maybe your kid, you didn't explain it all to him. Maybe you just went, look, uh, that sounds like an awesome thing, but not yet, buddy. Not yet. I'll let you know. And what you're saying is, trust me, I want you to have a good life. The time will be right. Right. Sometimes it's like that with God. Sometimes we go to God with prayer and we're like, God, uh, God, help this 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 thing I'm doing succeed. Help, help this bring me abundance. Help this bring the provision that we need. And, and you may have a sincere heart and you want to be generous and things like that. And God doesn't answer the way that you want right now. Don't give up on God answering your prayers. Like Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were old before God answered the prayer. But had they answered the prayer early, had God answered their prayer earlier, let's say 30 years earlier, they had answered the prayer and John the Baptist was born. Well, guess who wouldn't have been the guy making the way for Jesus? wouldn't have been John because the timing wouldn't have been right. So I want to encourage you in this. As we read the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist, remember this. Number one, sometimes the things you pray for today, God might not answer for weeks, months, or years. Sometimes that answer may not even come to you. Sometimes you may pray it for you, but that blessing, that response may be for your kids grandkids we don't always know but what we learn from this story is to trust God's timing and to remember this that the consequences of not believing God's word they they actually don't always mean you're in hell but sometimes we feel those consequences in life here on earth in Zachariah's case I mean he was mute for the whole time that Elizabeth was pregnant but sometimes for you and I it's we don't get an answer we want, so we stop believing God, and then we stop going to him in prayer. Then we stop engaging with God in conversation through prayer. We stop worshiping the way we should, and then our life goes a completely different direction that is filled with the consequence of living apart from God. So let me encourage you with this. Trust God's promises. Don't give up on God. God has never given up on you. God didn't give up on you. Do you know how I know that for sure? Because you're still breathing. See, as long as there's breath in your lungs, God hasn't given up on you. And God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. The question is, have you taken the time to say, God, what's the purpose and plan of my life? God, reveal your plan and purpose to me for my life. God, show me how to follow you. God, show me how to walk with Jesus. God, show me how to love like Jesus, how to forgive like Jesus. Here I am, God. Send me. When we reach out to God, he listens. When we go to our Heavenly Father, he listens. He loves us. 
And even though we may not get the answer we want in the time that we want, it doesn't mean he's quit on you. So don't quit on him. Hey, thanks for joining me for Bible Study Live. Sorry it was three hours later than normal. Uh, I'll be back on here tomorrow morning, hopefully between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. But here's the deal. If you can't watch these live, you can always go watch them on my YouTube channel. I'm going to pop it on the screen for you guys. Um, that way you can watch them. So let me just put it on here. If you go to youtube.com forward slash Jesus way, uh, youtube.com forward slash Jesus way, you can always go back and watch the replays recordings of these if you can't watch them live. By the way, this does stream live on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, so every, every weekday, Monday through Friday, I try and jump on here and wrestle with some scripture. Uh, out loud so you guys can wrestle with it with me. I'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. Please feel free to leave them on the social media channel that you're watching on. A couple last things to wrap up with. If you need prayer, feel free to send me a private message. I'll definitely be praying for you. Um, if you live in the States and you need a Bible, uh, my wife and I will send one to you. Um, just direct message me your, your name and address and phone number for tracking purposes for the shipping. Not We're not going to spam you a market to you or try and sell you anything. Um, but we will buy a Bible and send it to you. Um, but if you're watching on this, you can also download the Bible app um, by Uversion. Craig Groeschel, uh, his church, created that. It is an amazing resource. All the different Bible translations, super awesome. Um, it's called Uversion, Y-O-U version. So the Bible app, you can download it on Android and iPhone. Super great, 100% free. So if you've got a phone, I would encourage you to download that. But if you don't, maybe you're watching this at a friend's house, at a library, using your parents' computer, and you just don't have the financial resources and you need a Bible, just drop me a message privately and we'll, with your name, address, and phone number, and we will pay for it and mail it to you. No strings attached. We just want to be disciples that make disciples. That's what we're called to, right? How can you become a student of Jesus if you don't know his words? So we'll happily send you a Bible. Last but certainly not least, I'm going to share this with you too. Uh, my wife and I, our new book for this reason uh, has been released. And it is um, available on Amazon.com and anywhere good books are sold. If you want to get your hands on a copy of it, you can text the word love, L-O-V-E, to that phone number that is on the screen, 833-981-0002. It will automatically reply back with a link for you to click on that will take you right to Amazon.com. I do have to say this, standard messaging and data rates apply when texting. That is the legal disclaimer I have to give you. So I actually have to put it on the screen. Standard messaging uh, rates apply, frequency varies. That is what the uh, law says I have to say with texting. So. Standard messaging data rates apply. Frequency varies. So if you text in, it is free to text. But if you don't have unlimited messaging, your carrier may you know, say, hey, you sent a message. Um, so anyhow, uh, if you text the word love to 833-981-0002, um, then we will, uh, we will, it'll automatically reply and give you a link to be able to um, grab yourself a copy of the book. Um, I do not know what it costs on Amazon off the top of my head, but I know it's not very expensive. It's called, for this reason, How to Live in Ephesians 5 Marriage. And uh, we just, my wife and I have both been married before. We've both done it wrong before and failed. And um, we've found a plan in following the scriptures in Ephesians 5 to build a strong marriage. And we think it could be helpful to everyone. So whether you're somebody who's already married 
and you're saying, hey, my marriage is good, but I want to make it great, or my marriage is struggling a little, or maybe you're in a marriage and you're going, you know what, we're about to pull the plug. This book could actually be a great resource for you. If you're a single person who's like, you know what, how do I look for a spouse who's going to be one that honors God and puts me, you know, first after God? Uh, this is this will be a good resource. So check it out. Text the word love to 833-981-0002. Uh, golly, I put way too many numbers in there. 833-981-0002. And that'll automatically text you back away. Listen, no matter where you're at, you're just one moment away from walking a little closer with Jesus. So uh, can I encourage you to make today the day that you choose to walk with him. Thanks for tuning in. Go out there and make your day and hopefully someone else's. Amazing. See you tomorrow. Thank you.